0: Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing.
1: All right, everybody, it's our second hour. We roll all the way till 3 o'clock here on the Big Talker 1700. Uh, We're headed to Chicago right now. Steve Greenberg is our guest, Chicago Sun-Times. He comes to us, of course, on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Steve, good afternoon. Anything uh, going on in Chicago today?
2: No, nothing at all. <laughs> happy family, as always. One big happy family. <laughs>
1: Steve, uh, kind of break down what what you got out of this, and now with Montero after his comments and the response then by Rizzo. And then the quick demotion today.
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting. It, 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 Montero is, I'm sure your listeners know, is was DFA design, designated for assignment. He won't be with the Cubs anymore. There's no, uh, there will be no bringing him back. So that that marriage is over. And uh, there's certainly, you know, uh, after he speaks out, a lot of people would would call it out of turn, inappropriate. Uh, what have you that the cubs clearly see it that way to to criticize arietta as he did after last night's game um but there's different ways to look at it you know this is not a a cut and dried thing by any means because for one thing montero was accurate with what he said that shouldn't be ignored uh jake arietta really is uh you know a a lesser version of himself than he was of course, last season, let alone the season before when he was unhittable, he's got a lot of things to work out. But he has gotten even slower to the plate. He was slow to the plate to begin with. I saw a stat that was really interesting that base stealers, I don't know how far back it goes, maybe it goes back this season and last, something like that, uh, uh, had, had successfully stolen 85% of the time uh, off Arietta. So he's got a really slow delivery, and and you know Montero has trouble throwing the ball. But but where I blame Miggy is that he has, um, he, he you know he's, he has a hard time hiding his uh, personal frustrations in regard to playing time and things like that. He he uh, was frustrated with how much he played in all last season, uh, and and even during the playoffs and during the World Series. So you know, and he let that be known a few times, and he let it be known more times than it was reported. So uh, the Cubs know that you know he uh, could be that way. He he had that side uh, that is was as close to disgruntled as you know really anybody got on the Cubs last season. He was still a good team guy, and I think the Latin players really uh, this you know in general admired him on on a par with how uh, David Ross was kind of idealized by media last season. So Migney was an important guy and he was good to Wilson Contreras after Contreras came to the Cubs and started taking uh, Montero's starts. But he also could be salty and a bit selfish and um, I guess the Cubs have had enough of that. He acted out yesterday certainly you know more dramatically than he had to, to that point. The
3: Cubs had a 10-game lead. Would this be going down the way that it is right now?
2: Uh, I would think not. That's a great question. Uh, I, I, I would I would think not. Um, and I don't know if Montero would have said anything, you yeah, know, yeah, uh, yeah, if that were the case, but uh, no, that's, that's really right on. And and I think there's a lot of tension there, a lot more than meets the eye. I think Joe Madden feels it. Mm-hmm. Everybody keeps saying, you know, it's a matter of time, but uh, we're, we're basically halfway into the season and the Cubs are uh, a, a run of the mill team this year. It doesn't mean they won't win their division. And, and that, you know, anything couldn't happen in the playoffs from there. But, um, injuries aside, you know, the demotion of Kyle Schwarber, you, things like that, uh, aside, they've just been a, a real, uh, they've left a lot to be desired as a baseball team. No, no consecutive road wins, for example, in more than two months. Right. I mean, that's not a good team. No.
1: No, it's not. Uh, well, before we get to Schwarber, just let me follow up then with with your thoughts. After sure. what took place, and they finally win a World Series, and when the spring came, everybody was excited. And then they just sort of muddled through April. Is it? I think people were just well, they're going to kick it into gear here, and then they got into May. Well, just they're they're starting to rev it up, and now we're into June, almost July and nothing has really changed. I know the fan base doesn't turn because of what took place last year, but do you get the sense of high disappointment in the Windy City?
2: Well, I I, I don't think it's there yet. I mean, imagine what it would, could be like if they actually don't win the division. And, and you know, certainly no, no team from that division has a chance at the wild card this year. So if they miss the playoffs, I think it would be – really sort of shocking and appalling and, and, and that there'd be um, much more negative reaction than there has been to this point. And, and, but, you know, there's anxiety and, and, you know, it would be, it would be one thing if they were kind of playing well and having bad luck, but they've trailed in something like 60 of their games this season. Wow. You know, they've just, it, it's some unbelievable number. Um, So, you know, the, the starting pitching has been, uh, below average. Although of late, it's been a lot better. But you know, you look at the individual starters. arietta has been wildly up and down, and Lackey, uh, you know, he's been better lately. But he got off to such a poor start. And um, of course, Kyle Hendricks has been hurt. Brett Anderson, the pitcher they brought over, was you know just had awful uh, time of it in his. I think he made eight starts. So um, you know, if the if pitching's bad. Uh, then where is the reason for uh, belief, right? And I think that it's, it's maybe, you know, what I keep hearing from from fans and from media as they look at the Cubs is people are sort of banking on uh, Theo Epstein being able to deal for whatever they need mm-hmm. and that that will sort of save the season, um, you know, obviously picking up Araldis Chapman last season paid, you know, paid dividends. But uh, I don't think you can ban. I mean, I don't bank on that. Will they go out and get a starting pitcher who will sort of re- redefine uh, the 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 quality of the rotation? Well, that I'm sure they'll try. Uh, they may well try to you know feel for someone to replace Montero, uh, and and they may feel they need other things than that. I don't know, but. Um, there's no guarantees, you know, right, uh, right. when you're a buyer. Mm-hmm. There's no guarantees at all and often you put yourself in a, you know, in a bind uh going forward, you know, it's not it, it is it's not without risk.
3: Victor Carantini will get the call up here for the uh, Big League squad. Having a breakout season with the Icubs this year. Uh, he's put together some monster numbers. Not a fast guy by any means. He was uh, a third baseman when he first was uh down there as a prospect. They moved to be catcher because didn't even have the foot speed to be a third baseman, but he's swinging it pretty well here. Uh, Twenty-three years old. Is this somebody that we've heard down here? I think is uh, maybe part of some long-term plans. But with Wilson Contreras in front of him, uh, is he somebody that you can place there as a backup catcher, and then kind of see where the chips fall for the next couple years, or is there still more out there they're looking at?
2: If he's the Cubs' backup catcher, he's going to get. You know, he's going to have some specific. Uh, role uh, playing role on the team and an important one. I mean, they they had three catchers last year and used them all. So. Right, right.
1: Um,
2: you know, and Contreras has that sort of versatility where he can go to the outfield. He's even played third base. He's even played first base. You know, who knows? I, I think of Contreras as an elite defensive catcher. Certainly, athletically he is, and he's still learning the position. You guys know he's, you know, he 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 only became a catcher uh, in in professional baseball. Mm-hmm. And he's and he's a young guy, so he has, uh learning to do. He has made some errors and you know things like that, uh, uh, overzealous throws here and there that end up in the outfield. But he's such an electric talent that I can't imagine he can hit and he can run. So I can't imagine that Contreras isn't locked in as the Cubs' number one uh, for the foreseeable future. But. You know, if you have a, a backup catcher, and let's say Caratini's the guy, and they liked him in the spring, they liked him a lot. Uh, you know, if he can hit, uh, if he can call a good game, if the pitchers like him, these veteran pitchers, you know, these, how he how he meshes with these vets is going to go a long way because Cubs have had such veteran catching the last couple of years with Montero and David Ross. Now you've got young guys um, who will need to learn from the from, from the pitchers and. That's a different kind of dynamic. But if he can play, he will play. Uh, and if he's the backup, that's okay. I mean, they need one, they'll use him. Um, John Lester had a personal catcher last year.
1: Yeah. Montero
2: caught Arietta this year. Uh-huh. You know, my, Joe Madden likes to pair catchers with pitchers and stick with that. And so I'm sure Caratini will have his role.
1: Steve Greenberg is our ah. guest, Chicago Sun-Times. We're talking Cubs right now. On the Draft House 50 hotline. Okay, let's go then to Kyle Schwarber. Uh, apparently, sure. there are a lot of uh, Cubs personnel here in Des Moines uh, watching Schwarber and what he has done. couple hits last night, one hit in the uh, previous game. What is your sense on him, and do you still have the feeling that he is highly important to the Cubs organization.
2: Yeah, I don't know if you know this but I actually went I was there for uh Monday's game. Oh, you should have called uh, this at Principal Park <laughs> and uh and, and you know, yeah, right. He, he he just looked uh you know, he looked really bad in those first three at bats. Right. Looked a lot like he, he he'd looked with the Cubs and granted He was you know, it's it, it's triple A, but we shouldn't ignore who he was batting against. It was a left-handed pitcher and and someone who's thrown exceptionally well uh so you know hot pitcher lefty lefty he looked bad and then he got on his fourth at bat and you know I uh, hit a, just an absolute rocket that somehow didn't leave the park that's kind of what he was with the Cubs when he hit it he hit it out or uh, hit it really hard and really far anyway and, and otherwise he was kind of going down meekly um if you look at Schwarber's career average mm-hmm. granted a large, large number of those at-bats have come this season as he's hit 170. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. But his career average at the Major League level is 207.
1: Okay. Uh,
2: um, it feels like it should be much higher than that. You know, in the, tw- in the 2015 playoffs, of course, he had five homers. He hit 333. He hit 412 in the World Series last year. I think that a lot of people still see him, expect him to be um, you know, a really tough out—a guy who works counts—and you know he does walk a decent amount. But see him as this quality hitter that might be, uh, you know, above what he really is. Uh, at the, I mean, he is certainly a power hitter.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think he wants to be, uh, you know, uh, an average, a high average hitter, uh, and and you know, at times appears to have the eye to be just that, but he hasn't demonstrated it. At the major league level, he certainly did in the minors. Right, and I, I so you. I think the the potential is undeniable. Okay. Um, there aren't many guys like him. I mean, I, I I don't disagree with you know the observation you hear all the time, which is that you know, a hey, he's a, I mean, he's a born American League DH. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, he works hard in the field. I give him a lot of credit for coming back from that knee injury, right. being suddenly in the outfield in the World Series. You know, I mean, he DH, but you know, he was shagging all these fly balls, working hard, and that's his you know was his spot this year. I think he's getting better as a player. He you know, he might become uh uh a you know an average left fielder, which would be good enough. And he and I I, I think with time he becomes a better hitter, um, but he's got to work at it. He's has completely stopped hitting the ball the other way, for example. Uh when he's good, you know, he's hitting the ball in all directions. And so he's become kind of one-dimensional and there's lots of work to do. He might be, uh, he might be back with the Cubs right after the all-star break. uh, But, you know, he might not be ready, truly ready until next year. You know, who knows? He's he's still, I think he's 24. So it's a work in progress. Like they all are.
3: You know, Steve, last year, we continued to hear the, the line from the front office that Schwarber was untouchable. And, they wanted to have a young, controllable starting pitcher. They said that Schwarber was off the table. Did they misplay their hand?
2: Uh, it, it, it's possible. I mean, I still think Schwarber would, if you if you're talking about a trade piece, would be very, very valuable. Um, still, you know, and 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 could could be uh, someone who is you know eventually dealt. I mean, he does um, make sense in the American League, without a doubt you know, he might make sense to another team as a first baseman. Well the mm-hmm. Cubs don't need a first baseman. Mm-hmm. So, um yes, it's it's uh it, i mean last year he was a m he was he was almost like a mythical figure, you know, for all these comparisons to Babe Ruth and, and other things like that. So, you know, maybe uh maybe he should have been a piece that they look to move. I don't know. They've got guys like that, whether it's Ian Happ um or, you know, uh or even I mean, you know, Russell or Baez, you know, they have undeniably they have pieces still that other organizations don't seem to have, and uh, Schwarber's just one of them. You know, I, I think he might be someone who inter- who would interest certain teams, probably in the American League, more than anybody else. The Cubs might have to offer, but um, I, I know they don't want to move him yet. And I mean, I, I do think they still believe highly in in him and consider him a uh, a real piece of. You know the heart of a lineup going forward. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't do him many favors. I don't think, in hindsight, that he, you know, was batting leadoff and all that. Right. He might have been. He might have done a lot better in a more traditional role for a power guy. But uh, I'm fascinated to see if and how quickly he gets his swing back and you know gets cooking again.
1: Well, Rizzo just kicked Ricky Henderson out of the record books. Now Rizzo proclaiming himself as the greatest leadoff hitter in the history of Major League Baseball for the for the few games that he did. I mean, that was pretty fun to watch, to be honest with you.
2: Fun to watch, and 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 you know, funny in a way. Yeah, but I do think that that Joe Madden. Um, you know, he's, uh, uh, he likes to be different, and he likes to be recognized for being different. And some of it, I think, is, is just silly. You know, yeah. it was silly. It was, silly, it was argu- arguably uh, irresponsible uh, to do what he did with Chapman in the playoffs last year in the mm-hmm. World Series. Yep. You know, the way he looked away from certain relievers who'd been good all year. And, uh, and, and that was, I thought, not just quirky, but, you know, bad managing. Um, he didn't, doesn't have an obvious leadoff hitter this year, and the Cubs probably realized more how much they missed that, what they had from Dexter Fowler, but it's not like you couldn't have said, we're going to take, uh, I mean, look at how John Jay and, and Albert Almora have pinched hit this year. and the quality of their at bats. You know, you could platoon them in center. Lead one of them off, or leave Zobrist off, a you know switch hitter who plays most days, and and you can go with that, and you can sort of you know make a lot of sense of it. And, and, but instead, he led Schwarber off, and the offense never got on track. I think that's on Madden. Batting uh, Rizzo in the leadoff position is fine if he's you know hitting balls out of the park and all that. Okay, and it's kind of funny the start he got off to. I want Rizzo in the middle of the lineup, driving yeah. in runs. Mm-hmm. He's their best hitter. Put him down a few spots. I mean, I think it's obvious to me. I don't know why it's not obvious to to Joe, um, but I do think it, it. In the big picture, this this you know this uh, uh, fixation he's had on on doing something different at top of the lineup has cost them a lot of runs this season. That's my take
4: anyway.
1: Uh, Steve, before we let you run, the uh, Chicago Bulls showcased the three new guys uh, yesterday, uh, along with head coach Fred Hoiberg. Are you in the they got fleeced camp, or are you in they needed to do a total breakdown and rebuild camp and this is a decent start
2: I'm in the same uh you know frustration camp that I've been in with all things bulls for a while because first of all, I don't look at it like they you know traded Jimmy Butler for lowry Markin, and
1: right and Levine
2: you know and, and 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 Levine and Dunn even though that's what they did but but to me, they traded Butler in order to go a different direction, to rebuild. And I, and I think they probably needed to. They worked it, I, I, I don't view Butler as a piece around whom you construct a roster. Mm-hmm. I think Jimmy Butler is meant to be a great uh, complementary part, a great number two or a great number three, but, because he doesn't present something different as an offensive player and so, you don't need to do anything different to defend him. These great teams have these incredible matchup advantages. So, I, my hope for the Bulls is that Markinen, a seven footer who I think was the best shooter in the draft, becomes a piece that, you know, you just don't find around the NBA right. and that entire defenses are predicated on. And it is a huge matchup advantage. I think, as an offensive prospect, I can picture a really excellent team you know, uh being built around a piece like that. So I'm 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 you know, I think this is all about how marketing pans out, much less so about Dunn and Levine and whoever else. If you if if marketing is as good as I think he could be, you know, and 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 I'm gonna make that Dirk Nowitzki comparison because he's a seven footer who can shoot but didn't have this dynamic looking, you know, athleticism, um and yet was so crafty in how he could score. I, then then you've really got something. So it, 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 it's, you know, marketing or bust as far as I'm concerned now for, for GARPACs who, you know, go figure how they uh, remain in charge on a seemingly <laughs> indeterminate basis. But that's the case.
1: I got you, pal. It's great to have you on the show, Steve. Thank you so much for your time. You have a great day.
2: Thanks, guys. You too. See you now.
1: Steve Greenberg, Chicago Sun-Times on the uh, Cubs and also a little uh, conversation on the Chicago Bulls as well on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mills Civic Parkway yep. in West Des Moines. Uh, coming up at 140, Ben Kirchhoff will be our guest. CBS Sports will do a little college football. Jimmy B and TC, it's the Big Talker, 1700.
0: 1700 KBGG is the Big Talker in Des Moines. With Jimmy B and TC, noon to 3, sports talk that rocks. 1700 KBGG. Make history and celebrate the 4th of July by lighting up the sky with Bolino Fireworks. Fireworks are now legal in Iowa. Bolino Fireworks has been supplying the Midwest with quality products at the very best prices for over 35 years. Plus, at Bolino Fireworks, buy one, get three
4: free. Bolino Fireworks, find them in Ames in the hy V parking lot, 3800 Lincoln Way. Also, the Fairway parking lot, 3619 Stange Road. Also in Indianola, the Fairway parking lot, 1309 West 2nd Street. Bolino Fireworks, have a blast this 4th 4th of July.
0: It's Iowa Cubs game day. Catch the Iowa Cubs versus the New Orleans Baby Cakes tonight at 7:08. Visit iowacubs.com for news, promotions, tickets and more. Iowa Cubs baseball. Come for the fun, stay for the game. iowacubs.com.
6: It's Macy's 4th of July mattress sale with the lowest prices of the season from Sealy, Serta, Beautyrest, Eye Comfort, and more. Shop specials now through Tuesday. Plus, get free delivery and setup with a minimum mattress purchase of seven hundred eighty-seven dollars. Shop our stores. Go to Macy's.com or call one eight hundred Macy Bed. Macy's Fourth of July Mattress Sale. Savings off regular and sale prices. Exclusions apply.
5: Hey! I wish I was in school. I wish I was in school. I wish I was
1: in school.
0: Summer isn't fun when you're hungry.
1: If only I had a big test today, or a book report to give. Give me a math quiz. Give me some homework.
0: If your child relies on free school lunches, we can help provide them with free meals this summer.
1: I'll stay after class. I'll clean the chalkboard. I'll keep my desk grill
5: clean.
0: So they can stop worrying about food and start focusing on fun.
5: I'll do extra homework. I'll clean the class pet's cage. I'll skip recess.
0: School might end, but free lunches don't have to.
5: I wish I was in school. I wish I was in school.
0: If your child relies on free school lunches, we can help provide them with free meals this summer. Visit feedingamerica.org slash summer meals to find your local food bank for help. Once again, that's feedingamerica.org slash summer meals. Together, we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council.
4: you soon.
0: Jim Brinson, Trent Condon, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 K BGG, live from the Wolf Construction Studio sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent.
1: Welcome back, everybody. We roll all the way till 3 today, right here on the Big Talker 1700. Coming up about, whoa, 10 minutes from right now, uh, Ben Kirchival, CBS Sports. will do some college football conversation with Ben. So it's still going to be a good day. And then John Bonencamp on the Hawks coming up at what, 220? 220, he'll be by. Uh, a
3: couple of things I want to hit on. And a story we're going to touch on a little bit later on. Uh, from College Football News, is Kirk Ferentz legendary? Mm, interesting thoughts on that okay. one. Coming up in just a little bit right now, we go out to the House 50 hotline. Calling in at 264-1700, we have Jim on the line
1: with us. Good afternoon, Jim.
3: Hello. Hello,
1: Jim. What's on your mind?
7: Oh, uh, am I on the air? Yes. Okay, um, I think uh, the Chicago Cubs uh, would be best served, I thought, that's from the beginning of the year, as they were last year when they were going good with their best defensive lineup in there.
3: Defensively, they have taken a big step back.
7: And and I know why, because they're not playing their best defenders. You know, as an example, in the outfield, I'd have John Jay playing every day in left, Elmore every day in center, Haywood when he's healthy every day in right, that measure up to be the best defensive backfield in uh, the majors.
1: It'd be very good. It'd be very <laughs> yeah. good. You're right. You make <laughs> a very good point. Yeah. Yeah.
7: And, and, uh, and and as far as the infield goes, I would have um, uh, Bryant, of course, at third. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rizzo at, at first. Um, Russell at short, and Biasi at second. Mm-hmm. And uh, Happ and uh, and and Ben Zovers would be very good fill-ins off the bench. Um, um, uh, Contreras, uh I wouldn't trade for any catcher in baseball.
3: He's good, yeah, he, he's rolling. and
7: uh, uh, Montero just doesn't have. He can't throw, throw anyone out over thirty one. That speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. And last night, Estelle uh, was slow on a couple plays where uh, that Trey Turner got on. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, he, he was he was slow getting to the ball and slow releasing it.
1: Look, you made some very good points, Jim. We we've been talking about this. About what the Cubs are doing. Uh-huh. And if you're a hardcore Cubs fan, which I get the indication that you are. Yes. In your mind, you did not expect this to be the case as we get to July, correct? Uh,
7: correct. I thought they would, uh, 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 after Forber was off to a slow start, set him down uh, far earlier than they did so he could work on his uh, on his swing.
3: And here we are. Hey, Jim. Good thoughts there. Appreciate you calling in. Join us anytime, all right?
7: Yeah, okay. And this is who? This is TC here. TC, I was talking to you on the phone, and th- uh, thank you very much for having me uh,
1: uh, on the phone. You got we it, pal. It. Thank you, Jimmy. Have a good day. There you go. Some thoughts on the Cubs. You know, he, and he brings
3: up a, a real interesting point. You
1: mean the defense thing? Defensively,
3: because they t- they've they taken a huge step back. They have. They were. It's not just that they're their best defense in baseball last year. They were. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't close. The gap between them and second, it was a huge gap. And it was a historic anomaly. You knew they had to come back from what they were last year. Because we just don't see teams play defensively like they did last year. But it's not just that they've taken a step back and they're still one of the best. They're they're league average now. And, And there's been some boneheaded decisions. And it goes to something that Jim brought up there. So... These lineup shuffling, and we were talking to Steve Greenberg earlier this hour from the Sun-Times, mm-hmm. and he was talking about, and this kind of triggered my mind, he mentioned Madden likes to be a little bit different. You know, Madden likes to be the goofball where you're wearing suits on flights, you're bringing animals in, you're doing all these different sure, things. I get you. That's part of the personality, but it goes deeper than just that. It also gets into lineups, and that leads to things that have worked out well, like Anthony Rizzo. Uh, the pitcher batting in the eighth spot as opposed to the ninth spot, different things that he does. But maybe at times he does get a little too cute. You know where I'm going?
1: He uh, outsmarts himself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: And when you have a team that defensively has taken a step back, instead of mixing and matching all the time, and you got Bryant and left this game, and then you got Contreras out mm-hmm. there, and, and you're doing all these things, do what Jim said. How about we go a week, a week, where we're going to play our best defensive outfield? And we're going to put Jay in left, Amore in center, Hayward in right. And we're going to go with that lineup for a week. And maybe we'll mix and match just in the infield a little bit because of Zobris, because of sure. Hap. But that's what we're going to do. But at the very least, we know for this week, we're going to have the best outfield defense in the National League. And we'll see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. But it always seems like the tinkering is too much. And the endless tinkering. I was talking about this with Byron Buxton earlier in the show. Now, the Twins continually tinkering. And the tinkering that we've seen with Schwarber, and he's never been able to get with it. Right. Sometimes I think that can drive players crazy. Yeah, you want to break up the monotony of 162, but there's also a part of the u just getting a groove. And he got to figure it's got to be difficult for these guys. It's got to be difficult for Brian Going from third base, now you're playing outfield. Now you're moving all around. You're doing all these different things. Hey, just let me play third base yeah. for a week. Yeah. I don't want to play outfield. Just let me do what I am. I'm a third baseman. Let me play third base for the next seven days. And then we can go back to screwing. You know, but there hasn't been that. No. There's been all these moving parts. Slow simple it up. It's a good point from Jim. I, I, I thought
1: d- Jim said simplify. Yeah. That's what yeah. he's talking about. I, I always the goes, old Kiss system. I was just gonna say it always goes back to the military. K I S S, the KISS system. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah.
3: And I think we, we might be getting to that point now with this Cubs team mm-hmm. where simplicity might be the best thing for them. Montero's gone now. That that is not coming back. Caratini, I'm I'm excited to see You what see you how can he know. does. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know it's interesting now. The Cubs, their two catchers now, are guys that did not begin professionally as catchers. Both Contreras and Caratini You're right. are two guys that started as infielders, and now here they are as major behind the catchers. plate. Yeah, and the other guy, Kyle Schwarber.
1: Started as a catcher, as, yes, and now and he's no he's, longer he's a in the outfield. No longer <laughs> a catcher.
3: A, isn't it amazing how that happens? Baseball is a odd, odd sport, Jimmy. It P. is, and uh, this led to exactly what we talked about earlier. That's a reason that it's so much fun to watch because we, yeah.
1: and talk about because it's not just it. It, the simple, it changes, yes, yeah. constantly. Look, we I we we went back a couple of weeks back. I remember us uh, bringing up Troy Percival, mm-hmm. who yep. was a terrific reliever with the Angels. Yes. He started as a catcher, mm-hmm. and he couldn't hit worth a damn, Yeah, and but he could throw guys out right. on any base. So one day, they put him in the bullpen and let him throw a little bit, and the dude's throwing 95. Right, <laughs> And so they worked with him in A ball, and the next thing you know, he's in the majors and turns out to be the Angels' go-to guy. He's their ninth inning guy.
3: That's Chris Jimenez is the, uh, the reliever to the relievers yeah, for the Twins. Yeah. He's their backup catcher. Backup catcher. And their number nine guy out of the pen. <laughs> the Padres have had a two-way player. Yeah. We're seeing more and more of that. We yeah. talked about that when the MLB draft was coming around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, baseball's a fun sport. It is. Jim, from, I'm going to get you back into. From it. From
1: that aspect, yeah. it it really is. It really is.
3: Well, we're going to go on the other side. A lot of baseball talk here in the first half of the show. We're going to get into oh, some football. football. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk with Ben Kerchival, run around college football with him. John Boni also going to stop by. We'll talk Hawkeyes in the two o'clock hour. And the question: Kirk Ferentz, legendary? Is that a word that you would use? All to come here as we roll through. It's a Wednesday, Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talker. 1700.
0: Afternoons, we talk sports on 1700 with Jimmy B and TC, Des Moines' savviest sports duo on the Big Talker, 1700KBGG. Your Honor, I stand before you to prove that AT&T's two-year price guarantee is the ultimate all-included bundle experience. Order! I submit Exhibit A, DirecTV Select All-Included Package with over 145 channels. Exhibit B, monthly fees for Wi-Fi Gateway, Genie HD DVR, and three additional Receivers included. Objection. Overruled. Exhibit C, reliable high-speed internet and digital home phone. Order. TV 100 available for internet, equipment, non-return, and other facing conditions apply. Call for details. Offer ends 12117. Be the host with the most and get the most savings at the Home Depot's Red, White, and Blue Savings event with up to 40% off appliance special buys. Like the GE Stainless Steel Gas Range, a Home Depot exclusive, with convection oven, nonstick griddle, and extra large burners now for just $5.98. That's over $400 in savings. Shop our lowest prices of the season only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. U.S. only while supplies last. See store for details, valid 621 through 712. Worry less with Liberty Mutual Insurance. Oh, I'd be a nervous wreck if my daughter just got her license. You know, Liberty Mutual actually helped me relax a little bit. Liberty did what? Yeah, with roadside assistance. Liberty Mutual is there to make sure she won't get stranded. Don't know what I'd do without it. Sounds better than the alternative. Which is... Keeping her home until she's 30. (laughs) Visit us
1: online to get a quote. You can leave worry behind when Liberty stands with you. Liberty Mutual Insurance. Optional 24-hour roadside assistance coverage. Coverage is underwritten by Liberty Mutual Insurance Company.
0: 1700 KBGG is the big talker in Des Moines with Dave Ramsey
4: talking about your money and your life. You can do this. You know, that really is a message. Whether you've got $270,000 in student loan debt or $27,000, whether you've got a $50,000 income or a $500,000 income.
0: Dave Ramsey, weekdays 9 till noon, sponsored by Mediacom Careers. Count it down. 3, 2, 1. Back to the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. It's Jimmy B and TC. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome back. We continue until 3. John Bonencamp will join us coming up in the 2 o'clock hour right around uh, 2.20. So we'll get into some hot conversation with John at that time.
3: Right now, we're going to talk college football of a different variety, though we might sneak in a Hawkeye question with Ben Kercheval, CBS Sports and he joins us on the Draft House Fifty Hotline. Ben, what's going on down in
8: Texas? Nothing, man. It's hot, hot.
3: <laughs> well, we got a cooling period up here, but uh, I don't know if you've heard, a storm is brewing up in Ames. Let's start right there. Uh, and what are the games that people have been talking about a lot? Uh, early point spread was released out in Vegas with Iowa State and Texas, and Iowa State just a three point underdog there. Let's start with your thoughts on this off season for Matt Campbell, and we'll get into a little Longhorn talk after that.
8: Well, it, I, I I get the point spread. I mean, it's big game, so I, I understand that. I, I the the thing about Iowa State going into year two with with Matt Campbell is, you know, I look at him last year, and, and I didn't get to see him a ton, but. You know, from what I was able to watch, Matt Campbell's a good coach because he had him in position to win some games in the first 30 minutes. What you don't really have at this point are a lot of dudes who are capable of, of really finishing those games. And, and so gets a little bit out of hand in the last uh, second half of the game. And so uh, you just have to build from that. And I don't know that you can necessarily do that in two years when you're at a natural disadvantage like Iowa State is from a recruiting standpoint when you have to play everyone in your conference and every other year you're doing five road games like Iowa State is doing. I mean, going to a round-robin schedule has just been brutal for Iowa State and, and Kansas. I mean, I think those have been the two programs that have really suffered the most uh, from, from that change. So there's just a lot that you have to do, and I don't know that you necessarily see any type of significant improvements until you get to about year three or year four, because mm-hmm. by that point it's actually their program. So, the but you know I, I know that they can play hard, and I know that they've kept it close with a lot of teams. So I, it's not surprising to me that that you know point spreads would be close, and I think their win total is even like five and a half or mm-hmm. something.
1: It is yep. going
8: into the year. I, I'm going to put it at, at just under. But I, I, I think it's interesting that Vegas is is that optimistic that they really are half a game away from, you know, they'd say, well, you know, let's maybe push him at six. I mean, I, I think that's, that's a pretty interesting jump for year two. I, I would still go with that under, but I, I do think that it's, it's closer to bowl eligibility than not for them. I will say that.
1: In the, in the Big 12, as the uh, guys start to gear up and start to get ready for practices beginning in August, how do you see the Big 12? Is it Oklahoma and then everybody else? Is it Oklahoma State in your mind? What's Texas going to do? What, what is your feeling right now for the Big 12?
8: Well, Oklahoma should be the favorite, even without Bob Stoops. But it, it's Oklahoma State's a team de jour. I, I think Kansas State's going to be a lot better than what Vegas has their win total at. Okay. And I think you're talking about a Big Twelve that, again, when you don't have divisions and everyone's just going around play each other, I, I tend to think, especially when there's not an ultra elite team, and there aren't many out there in college football. You know, if you're not talking about an Ohio State or an Alabama or a Clemson or or somebody like that, I, I think the Big Twelve tends to get really bunched up at the top because I think mean, there's probably about four teams that have a real crack at that. So Oklahoma is obviously one. Oklahoma State's the other. Like I, I said, I think Kansas State is going to be is going to be a, a much more experienced team this year, and uh, and and they get four home games, or I guess, I think three home games against uh, the Big twelves projected top teams, and then uh, and then you know TCU's been building, and um, they've had a rough year two years ago. They kind of rebounded last year. They're experienced. Kenny Hills back. Uh, at quarterback. So I I think that they have some pieces in place to have a big jump over the past couple of years. And I I don't think necessarily Texas contends for the title, but certainly I think Tom Herman can orchestrate, you know, a three game swing in the, in the positive direction for them. I mean, they, they got better on the sidelines with, with his acquisition. So I think you're talking about three or four teams that, that have a real shot at this thing. So it's, and then with the introduction, again, of the Big 12 championship game, you don't need to finish first at the end of the regular season, right? You just need to be one of two, and then it's a one-game season from there.
3: Ben, uh, it's been pretty easy. You pick who you want at the top, and at the bottom you pick Kansas. And you've been right more times than not uh, since back in 2008, the last time they won more than three games in a season. A week ago, though, their athletic director uh, makes an announcement to an athletic di- a group that they're going to go through a $300 million stadium renovation. What's going on here? Is this a Kansas <laughs> program knowing that, hey, we got to get football in order if realignment comes here in six, seven, eight years?
8: There's that. There's some force for the trees, uh, subject matters happening there. There's also, it right now, the facilities, And media rights, those are the, that's the two arms races right there. And so it used to be that facilities was the only arms race. And then over the past, you know, however many years, five, six, seven years, television rights have been the bigger arms race. And so facilities have kind of been sort of 1B or, you know, very close to or something like that. So it all kind of goes hand in hand. Um, if you're a place like Kansas, you have to find some kind of draw when you haven't had a, a history of success uh, it, at least recently and then when you're you're trying to bring athletes to you know the Midwest in a predominantly basketball school you, you have to find a way to differentiate yourself somehow you're not going to necessarily get born five star kids but you've got to start finding ways to get all the other athletes that aren't necessarily going to Texas or Oklahoma or someplace like that. And then as far as making yourself attractive for, I think what they're saying, the D-Day for this is like 2023. That's when when everything's coming up and and they feel like the next big shift is going to happen in the landscape. Do you want to make yourself attractive? Yeah, but you also have to offer then, in theory, something in football, not necessarily in wins and losses, but you have to offer them something that... gives you some balance to basketball and in some ways I do think Kansas is a little undervalued because we concentrate so much on football everyone's like uh you know they'd be screwed if, if the Big 12 disbanded well not necessarily if that was the case Rutgers wouldn't be in the Big 10 so I, you know you don't necessarily have to have this great tradition but you do definitely want to put your best foot forward and show that you have some things going for you and I, and I think facilities and a renovation play certainly plays into
1: that. Mhm. Boy, you've got that right. Ben Kirchhoffel is our guest CBS Sports uh, on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Ben, let's kind of uh jump around a little bit. Uh everybody gets excited. The clown prince of all media days, commonly called the SEC Media Days is only what a week and a half, 2 weeks away.
8: A Couple of weeks away, Couple something a week, like that,
1: yeah. Yeah, okay. Do you what do you expect out of that? It's it it reminds me of a mini Super Bowl media scrum. Is that what it's
8: finally becoming? Well, there's no media days like SEC Media Days. Right. it's, it, it's almost like you could have media covering the media days. It's it's almost <laughs> become its its own show. And but it also you know, it's great theater because where else do you get Nick Saban, who was college football's most powerful coach, and Paul Feinbaum, who was maybe the most powerful voice at least in the s e c uh if not all of college football, getting into it like yeah. you know on on t v like that and then even behind the scenes. I remember I think that was that was the story it was either last year or two years ago, but uh so it it's just such an event, but I think the big thing out of that is they'll probably still talk. Some about grad transfers, you know, Malik Zaire is is, is now with Florida. And, and I think the lifting of not necessarily the entire restriction, but modifying it in a way, I think, you know, that's going to be something the NCAA just released data today, that grad transfers have gone up pretty significantly over about the last six or seven years. So I, I think that's definitely the um, topic of conversation. And then, you know, who's going to catch Alabama right now? It's, it, you look across the coaching in the SEC, and you know six, I think Dan Wilkin of USA Today tweeted this out earlier. Like six, seven years ago, you know you had? You had Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, Mark Rick, Les Miles when he was on top of his game, mm-hmm. Steve Spurrier. I mean, you were going down the list, and there were great coaches. Now you look and say, well, who's, number who's the number two coach in the SEC right now? Who's really going to catch Alabama? A lot of people think Auburn has that chance. Maybe Georgia has that chance. So it's going to be, you know, maybe trying to get an early gauge, an early pulse on who that number two team is.
3: Speaking of that, Alabama, it looks just that nobody's going to be able to catch them for the foreseeable future. But it all ends at some point for Miami and that great run that they had, Florida State, USC through the early 2000s. It looked like it was never going to end for them. When do we start to see the the trickle back a little bit? Is it... Two, three, four years still down the line, or could it happen sooner than that?
8: Well, every time I see, I think Alabama shows a crack. It's like they patch it and they come back stronger. Yeah. So it's now they lost to Clemson, and you know, you know, revisionist history tells us Nick Saban's never lost a game, right? Well, I mean, it's, it's, at some point you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose, right? And, 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 and so they they faltered a little bit in the national championship game. But they come back reloaded. I, I think as long as Saban is there, and there's there's been this whole thing is like, well, when's Saban going to retire? The, the word on the street is that he, he's getting a little bit worn out, and but he's still here and he's still doing it. And I think as long as he feels like he can win at this high level and and do the things the way that he wants to do it, you know, he's going to be a coach. So is that another? five years yeah probably somewhere in that neighborhood um, and then he's going to be getting into his 70s and you know I think it's maybe a little bit of a different story so as long as Saban's there they're going to be at the top of college football no matter what because after a while when you've had that much success the system starts to to run itself and that doesn't mean you shouldn't stay on top of it but the culture in place is such that it, 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 you've done all your effort up front and now, now the machine is running a little bit more smoothly. So as long as he's there, it's, you know, it's a machine.
1: We're having a conversation with Ben Kercheval on the draft house 50 hotline from CBS sports, talking a little college football. Okay. So in your preview of the upcoming season, which power five conference is going to be left out of the final four,
8: I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's the Big Twelve because I don't know that they have. I don't know that they have an eleven win team. Okay. Um, again, I it's they have very good teams, right? Like Oklahoma's obviously very good. Oklahoma State's ex, you know excellent. Kansas State I think is going to be better. I, I don't know that they have that really high end team. Like you look at the SEC. And on paper you can say it's Alabama you look at the ACC and you go on paper it's it's Florida State and probably Clemson in the Big Ten it's on paper it's Ohio State in the Pac-12 on paper it should be USC so obviously the great thing about playing the season is that it can change but I don't look at the Big 12 right now and say Oklahoma like that's a top five team right there so it's it's I think, with, and again, with the way that that conference plays out, where everyone plays each other, it's just a little bit of a tougher road to get there.
3: Ben Kirchival. Hey, Ben, always good catching up with you. Enjoy that summer in Austin, and uh, stay away from those goofballs down there, okay?
8: All
1: right, right, will do. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ben. See you, man. CBS Sports with Ben Kirchival. Uh, always good stuff from him. On the Draft House 50 hotline. Coming up on the other side, the yep. question that I've been teasing, Gene yes, Brinson. And you've done well with that. Is Kirk Ferentz legendary? All right. Now, do you have to qualify legendary? Are we just talking in Iowa sports, or are we talking nationally or regionally? How are you going to qualify? Well, this started with Pete Futek from
3: College Football News as he was putting together a Big Ten preview, and okay. he threw... Kirk Ferrance in the legendary category of coaches in the Big Ten. Okay. And there was some pushback from it. So this is more of an, a national scale. We can localize it, a local scale. We'll talk through it. Okay. We'll do it on the other side. If you have any thoughts, you can join us also. 515 264 1700. That's a way to get involved again. 515 264 1700. You can also get a hold of us on Twitter at Trent Condon and at Jimmy B Radio. Back with more from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios. It's Jimmy B and TC. The big
0: games play here. Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station
4: for News Talk Sports. 1700 KBGG. See you soon.
5: At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company and we're still a roofing company today. As many of you know, severe weather and hail swept through central Iowa and the Des Moines Metro. Wolf Construction was here long before these storms and will be here long after. We're much more than a pickup and a ladder. A roofing team is here to serve you for years to come. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally more sports but you want more sports Rockstar Satellite can fix that with free next day installation on DirecTV. Call Rockstar Satellite 515-262-STAR Call today for next day installation 515-262-STAR Ace is the place with the helpful
0: hardware folks It's the 4th of July sale at Ace Now through Tuesday only Buy 2 gallons of our top paint brands Valspar, Clark & Kensington and Royal and get the 3rd gallon free That's right buy two gallons get one free plus the paint experts at your local ace will ask the right questions to make sure you get everything you need for your paint project so hurry in now for the buy two get one free paint sale only at ace limit two free gallons of equal or lesser value. Prices may vary. See participating store for details.
6: Get to JCPenney for our 4th of July sale. Save up to 40% on major appliances from brands like LG, GE, and Samsung. Plus get up to a $500 Visa prepaid card when you purchase more appliances and get 30 month special financing on purchases with your JCPenney credit card. That's getting your pennies worth. JCPenney. Available in select stores. Some terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Financing terms balance 621 to 712 on purchases of $799 or more. Must request a time of purchase. Subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. Limit one Visa prepaid card by mail as a rebate for address. Access in Rhode island c store or gcpcom details. Just announced during the Ford Summer Sales event get 0% financing for 72 months plus an additional $1000 on top of your trade in It's summer's hottest deal on vehicles like Ford Focus, Fusion, Escape and Edge offer ends July 5th Take on Summer Right with Ford, America's best-selling brand. And save big across a full lineup of Ford vehicles. Get 0% financing for 72 months, plus $1,000 on top of your trade-in. Hurry in to the Summer Sales Event, going on now only at your Midwest Ford dealers. Best-selling based on 2016 sales. Not all buyers qualify for Ford credit financing. 72 months at $13.89 per month per 1000 financed, regardless of down payment. Trade Assist Cash requires trade-in of 95 or newer vehicle or lease terminated 30 days prior to or 90 days after delivery. Not available on Focus RS. See dealer or go to buyfordnow.com for complete details. Take new delivery from dealer stock by July 5th, 2017.
8: I heard on the news about that 5-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid
4: didn't know it was loaded.
8: I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online for like a year. She couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head.
4: She killed herself.
8: And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to
4: rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility.
0: When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? Amid the chaos? Where is the best time, perhaps, today? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by
7: FEMA and the Ad Council.